Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Kingsway Podcast, Trevor here, lead pastor at Kingsway Christian Church. Uh, we're going to do something a little different. I don't know if you tuned in to uh, the last week or even the intro, but uh, I'm loving uh, just uh, getting a chance to have a chance to connect with you. I feel like this is an opportunity that from Sunday to Sunday can sometimes be difficult. Um, and it really is, uh, it's a passion of mine to have a chance to talk and just have conversations. I know for me, like verbal processing and audio processing has been a huge tool. Uh, for the growth uh, of my faith and even just learning in general. And so this has just been a fun way to, to get this process started, and I hope you're enjoying it as well. Uh, today we're going to do something just a little bit different than the last two, and I know we, uh, we started out with an intro, kind of laid out some resources, some things that I love, and then last week kind of dove into, or last time we dove into Genesis, but this time we're going to do uh, a new segment that we're calling uh, Off the Cuff, all right? Now, the title may not stick or not, but uh, I love the concept here. And so basically what done is uh, Jed back there. What's up, Jed? Uh, he has written down a, a, just three things that off the cuff, he just wants me to talk about uh, for a little bit. And so I, I've seen them. I'm not going to lie to you. I've seen them, but I've seen them for like a total of like three minutes. All right. So I'm already panicking because I know all three and I know that uh, some of them are going to be a little bit easier than others. And uh, there's a major one. Number two, especially, I have no idea yet what I'm going to say. And so when we get there, it'll be off the cuff. It'll be off the cuff. So I'm going to try to keep my answers somewhat short. I'm definitely not going to be too detailed, but if you know me at all, I'll probably talk too long about something and I apologize in advance. So if I get on a topic too much and you're just like, do you just want to know the other two? Just skip ahead. But if you're super interested, stick around. I hope you enjoy all three. So let's start with number one off the cuff. Uh, number one is this Hebrews is wild. What's the point of Hebrews? Oh my gosh. Okay. Now, I've been to Bible college. I've uh, literally taken a bachelor's degree. I, it took me seven years to get my bachelor's degree. Thank goodness, all, not all seven at OCC, but it took me a while. And so academics are not meant, but I do know that I took a Hebrews class. And I remember being in Hebrews and then sitting in Hebrews and the professor looking at me and saying, we don't know who wrote it. We don't know who the audience was, but man, it's a good book. And I remember that intro and going like, okay, so how am I supposed to read this book? And the beauty of Hebrews and why it's stuck around for so long is because when you read it, you understand that there is a lot of power in it. There is a lot of intentionality. There's a lot of incredible imagery in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews was written with, as I think, and when I research, and again, this is off the cuff, and this is me just talking, so just preface that. These are answers like that. I don't want anybody to come back and go, well, actually, and I'm like, listen, this is me off the cuff. I didn't know this three minutes ago I was going to be talking about this. But when I remember and I, and I think about it, Hebrews was meant to be something that when you read, you heard the heart of the author and his love for the thought of what God has been painting this picture from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And you see that in the imagery, a lot of what, what Hebrews writer uses, he uses this priestly image that, that God is, or that Jesus is our priest and that he is able to bridge the gap of salvation, that our brokenness has separated us from God and, and God is over here and, and we're over here. And then Jesus stands in the middle and he provides the way for us to all to be united. And in that way, he is the the tabernacle, which is this cool thought that all of a sudden this, this place that housed God through a large part of the Old Testament, now we ourselves have God in us and that through Jesus, we are a part and are with 
God. And I love that the Hebrews writer takes enough time to explain the connection, that this wasn't a new thing that Jesus was introducing or was hoping for, but it was something that God had longed for since the garden, and that the Hebrew writer would take enough time to do that. And in fact, one of the my, my favorite sections in Hebrews is, is chapter 12, and it's one of the most complicated, but it says, in light of, uh, though we're surrounded by all these witnesses, this cloud of witnesses, and he has told you all of the history that's led up to kind of this unveiling that Jesus is is the missing piece, the missing link to our full restoration in God and what the law couldn't do and what the what the tabernacle was, was a small portion of, now we have complete in Christ. Hebrews is meant to be read as something that when you look into it, you go, why would he make such a big deal of this? And then you go back and you investigate it. You look at the story that he references and you go back and you go, why would he choose that as a power statement in the book of Hebrews? And I think if you do that, I think it brings just incredible depth to that whole laying out. And that's why the, I think the book of Hebrews is stuck around and is still a part of our canon today. So does that feel good, Jim? All right. He's giving me a thumbs up. He may be lying. I hope he's not. Again, here we're getting to question two, off the cuff. Uh, this was, I think, the most challenging question on here. Uh, and I, you may laugh when you hear it, but I'm serious. I have like 12 things that I'm thinking through right now. Uh, your favorite and most rewatchable movie. Now, uh, some of you are just tuning in for the content. This is the content right now that you tuned in for. All right. My opinion on movies. <laughs> uh, I am a not buff, but very much so a lover of good cinema and movie. Um, I would say that as I've gotten older, the movies that hold my attention the most are real life movies that tend to engage with real life things. So dramas, um, uh, cinematography, how beautiful and well shot and how engrossing a movie is. If it pulls me in and it makes me a part of the movie and makes me feel like I'm feeling the emotion of the characters and I'm feeling the depth of the beauty that is around it. That, that is a huge part, um, of why I love, uh, Bill and Ted's excellent adventures. No, I'm just kidding. That's not it. Uh, it's, <laughs> I actually, I think when I, I'm like, I'm like bouncing back and forth between like two or three of my favorites. I'm, I'm not going to cheat though. I, I want to say that I think, oh gosh, this is tough. It, uh, this is how I'm going to say this. If I saw this movie was playing back on the old version of like cable TV, when you were scrolling the menu, right? And you saw the guide and this movie was on and you knew and you, you wanted to see what part it was at because there was just certain parts that you're like, I just want, that's how I'm, that's how I'm figuring out this. And I don't think I have ever seen or watched or had that come across that and not paused and looked at the last samurai with Tom Cruise. I, I don't think I've ever not done it. And, it. and it's purely because of the story is so incredibly powerful. The music is amazing. The cinematography, the culture, the whole thing I feel like is just great. The character art of, uh, is just, it's just a great movie. And if you don't know what I'm talking about right now, just stop the podcast. You're not a fan. Just kidding. Just kidding. Go check it out. Go look it out. So it's a great movie. Uh, it's fantastic. I think it's PG 13. So just keep that in mind. If you're a young listener, ask your parents. Um, but yeah, most rewatchable, most favorite movie for sure. Uh, I think it's a little debatable in my mind right now, but this is off the cuff. So last samurai, last samurai. All right. Third and final question. Uh, one that I think is very much so being asked, uh, today a lot. Uh, I think a lot and especially by the younger generation and even some of the olders that have questions. And I'm a little, uh, a little worried that my answer may be too long, but I'm going to try to keep it short. Is the church essential today? 
Is the church essential? Essential. Now, I am assuming uh, this question is take, talking about uh, the community of the church as well as the building. Is that right? Gosh, that's a tough question. He's not giving me any clarification. I think he wants to see which way I go with this. Okay. So, uh, oh gosh, this is off the cuff. I told you I was going to talk too long. Okay. So first of all, let's just take church as a physical building. Let's just describe that real quick. Um, I know this specifically because I have family members that live in large cities that geographical space does not make economic sense for a church to own a space. It would cost too much money. Uh, it would be wasted too much f- during the week for them to have a building that they had to meet with once a week. So like having a specific church, it is not essential in the sense of like a specific geographical location building that you have. It is absolutely not essential. Great churches are doing great work uh, in places like New York City, um, where lots of people are meeting and having church without a building. So it is not essential. Um, I do think that church can provide and can be amazing places in a physical space, but it is not essential. Um, the second thing, let's take the community aspect of what the church is. And I would say it's a movement of people on mission. That's something that we've used here before talking about. It's a, a people united in their understanding and their, their, you know, their kind of direction. And then they're, they're all kind of under one banner, um, on mission that is essential. And uh, here's why I think this is really, really, really important. Um, when Jesus left, he left a group of people in charge and he said upon this rock to Peter, um, the, the gates of hell will not overcome it, which the gates of hell are actually a defensive mechanism in Matthew. Uh, it's something that when he tells that to Paul upon your confession, that I build my church. Um, he, it's a defensive me- mechanism. So a lot of times when we say is the church essential, I think we hear it as a defensive mechanism, but I would tell you that how the world will be changed through Christ is actually the offensive power of a powerfully connected and unified community. And what I mean is when people come together, it doesn't become essential, it becomes powerful. And so I I think we need to turn this question around and say, I don't know how the gospel of Christ doesn't move forward in a powerful way without communities of people that are on mission together, unified. I I don't see that. I I see that you could survive (laughs) without it, but I think it's essential to what Jesus wanted to happen. And so if we're looking to just sustain and be safe, I think that communities aren't necessarily always needed. But I think if we're looking to propel and go on mission and to do things larger than what one or two people can do, I think we always need to trust that there is a essential part of community um, that we cannot neglect though. Sometimes admittedly, I would like to sometimes be by myself or like not have to care. (laughs) All right. Around the people around me. But I do think there's an essential element to what God has called us to do that takes uh, more than the individual. And so whenever I see is a church essential, I just want to go, no, if you want to play it safe, but yes, if you want to do what God has called us to do, because somebody's going to get hurt and they're going to need a hand up. Somebody is going to need some help. Um, and even to the individual that says they don't need it, I would, I would beg to say there may be days that you don't absolutely need it for your faith, but I don't know if I want to live like Job forever. I think I want to have chances to thrive, not just survive. And I think that's where community allows that to happen. And so, um, yeah, I don't know if that's too deep or crazy and it's off the cuff, it's off the cuff, but that's my initial response. And it's not just because I work at a church, right? It's not just because it's like part of my job. I really feel the intensity as a parent, uh, as someone that's around the church a lot that you need 
uh, you need a community of people that will love on you and help you and, and keep you on track. And so, yes, I would say if you're talking about the community of as the church, yes, it is essential um, uh, for, for moving the mission forward and for people to experience full life, right? Well, hey, we did it. We made it through uh, all three of these questions. Hebrews is worth a read. The Last Samurai is worth a watch. The church is worth attending and being a part of an amazing community. This has been Off the Cuff. Kingsway Podcast. I'm Trevor. Until I see you next time, have a great and glorious day in the Lord. We'll see you later.